0: What's up guys? Thanks for coming back to Lockdown Universe. Just wanted to let you guys know that Anchor now is allowing you to become part of the Lockdown Universe experience by uh, part becoming part of the subscription. We're only charging $1.99 currently and we want you to be part of the experience. We're going to offer unheard of whistleblower testimony as well as government insider information as well as folks who have undergone hypnotic regression and told us their story. So please tune into that if you are interested for deeper cuts and deeper information. Please consider being part of the subscription. It's only $1.99 and it's definitely worth it. So join in. Let's get to the show. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back, hopefully you guys are having a nice holiday season and enjoying yourselves. So today, I wanted to go back to 1954 and bring up a story about two men who fought off some Ewok-like creatures. That's right, Ewok-like creatures, if you've... Ever seen the movie Star Wars? Um, (laughs) They're cute little fuzzy guys, but these guys that they fought off were strong and moved like a cat, according to these reports. So uh, I found an article on inexplicata.blogspot.com, and it talks about um, an event where Jose Ponce and Gustavo Gonzalez fought for their lives um, down in Venezuela. So, I'll tell you a little bit more about it. So, um, on November 1954, on the 29th, uh, between 2 and 2.30 in the morning, you know, nothing ever good happens after midnight. That's what they say, right? Um, The 25-year-old businessman, uh, Gustavo, and his Venezuelan assistant, Jose Ponce, were in a van on their way to Industria Nacional, De uh, C.A. Uh, I guess it was a meat processing plant. And it was located on Buena Vista Street in Petar. And they were going to purchase some products to sell at the market at daybreak. So they're driving along the street, and all of a sudden it was illuminated like it was 12 o'clock, like noon, not midnight, but noon. So it's that bright. And they came across a uh, vehicle um, that was glowing. So it was a craft that was right in the middle of the road. Um, they were hesitant, um, and they, they stopped. So seconds later, after they had stopped, um, Jose suddenly ran, uh, out of the vehicle to take a look to see what was going on. Then Jose ran back to the vehicle after seeing a strange entity approach them. Seconds later, Gustavo also saw the creature and was very hesitant, but then he advanced towards it and wrapped his arms around the being to capture it and drag it back to the van. Dude, you got to have some serious cojones to go and try to grab an alien-like creature, especially some little Ewok-like creature, and bring it back. I mean, what's got to be going through your mind at that point? Like, I'm going to capture uh, like a, the mini Bigfoot and try to bring it back and sell it at the market, (laughs) or whatever, I mean, I don't know what you're thinking at that point, but, um, you know, if you're a young gun at 25, I mean, I guess, I I don't know, I don't know what's going on in your mind, I mean, most 25-year-olds be pretty petrified unless you were, you know, stone-cold trained, you know, in the military uh, to not be frightened of anything and be, be aware of an alien presence, much less, you know, fight an alien presence, so... This is a really interesting story. So, he tried to capture it and bring it back to the van. Uh, The small alien, however, was very strong, managed to break away from the hold. And upon releasing itself, Gustavo fell to the pavement and managed to spring back up pretty quickly. According to Gustavo, the entity weighed about 110 pounds, or about 50 kilograms, when he lifted it. So, I mean, you know, not the heaviest creature in the world, but definitely not the lightest, I mean... If you ever try to lift 110 pounds, it's not, not super easy, especially if it's struggling. I mean, forget it. Um, so he, he followed this alien. He noticed something even more surprising. There were two small other aliens approaching him. One of them had a flashlight, and uh, they were trying to help their, their alien friend, apparently. So uh, Gustavo was blinded by the light, uh, just like the song, and he was unable to see for a few seconds And he took hold of his Boy Scout knife uh, when his vision restored and saw that there was the same alien that he was fighting was now coming towards him. Uh, Instinctively, the man stabbed the creature's shoulder only to feel the blade slip off of its skin. It was tough as rhinoceros hide, they say. And rhinoceros is part of the pachyderm family and they have uh, inch thick skin so really it's, it's pretty tough to get through their skin. Um, but for a blade, you know, a a fairly sharp blade, um, and a a short blade at that to just bounce off is pretty impressive. Um, because, you know, if it's a longer blade, there's a lot, lot more, you know, ability for that to kind of reflect off, but like a small blade that you would have in a pocket knife, you have a pretty small distance there and for it to bounce off, that's pretty, that kind of speaks volumes to the armor that is really what this alien had on its of its skin you know but envision this right so you have you have a hairy alien and these creatures didn't stand that tall they stood about three to four feet tall apparently and but they were like stocky and there's a couple pictures in this uh, article but they're stocky so they got muscle uh they got hair so if you're trying to stab something with hair you know it could could deflect off you know if it caught a clump of hair bounced off in the middle of a fight sure anything's possible so uh it slipped off of its skin and that's when uh the extraterrestrial tried to seize him and gustavo realized it had sharp claws on each of its four fingers so that's really interesting and these things had like these like circular heads with no nose no mouth just two two like concave spots for eyes really weird at least in this picture on this article you can take a look at it um so meanwhile his assistant jose emerged from the right side of the van and headed towards the spherical ufo uh suddenly a small hairy extraterrestrial emerged from the right hurried hurriedly walking up the steep slope with fistfuls of dirt in his hand so were they just there to grab some you know uh samples of the earth it's why would they grab it with their hands you know what i mean like it's just so bizarre to me it's like it's just so so weird i mean usually they grab stuff with containers we've heard that in other stories um you know or you know whatever but the other thing that kind of perplexes me is that if you have the technology to fly from you know intergalactically or extra galactically you know between other galaxies whatever the case is you would think that they would have the technology to be able to scan for minerals and ores and special you know elements that they're looking for not necessarily having to grab dirt with their hands to uh, to bring back to their ship i don't know just just a thought there it just seems like they should be able to have better technology than having to grab some dirt with their hands but apparently that's not the case So when this tiny alien noticed Ponce, it jumped two meters, six feet. It entered the hatch and vanished into the object. Seconds later, another entity emerged, armed with a long, shiny tube in its hands, and pointed it at both men. They suddenly felt a vibration that encompassed their bodies, and Gustavo and Jose were rendered paralyzed. They later saw a brilliant sphere rising majestically and silently to a point in the night sky before vanishing altogether. What's really interesting here, I mean, (laughs) there's a lot, but, uh, you know, these things were small, but man, I mean, jumping two meters, I mean, the only thing that can jump like that, you know, is like, I don't even know if a kangaroo can jump six feet. I mean, cats can jump like, you know, five times their height to get up onto a fridge, you know and that kind of thing. You know, it's but they're very. You know, cats are the the, the king of the animal kingdom. You know, they're they, they're the dominators. They're the apex predator. So, um, you know, that's expected. But how many other creature, not you know, bipedal creature, to be able to jump six feet? I mean, not even the best NBA player and you know basketball player in America uh, or anywhere else can jump. You know, anywhere near uh, double their height that I'm aware of, um, you know, maybe once their height, but, you know, not, not double their height. So, you know, what does this say about these creatures? They, they have clearly evolved to the point where they're super muscular. They don't, they didn't have to be super tall. Um, that's, what's interesting too, is that <clears throat> in, when it comes to like evolution and evolution, psychically, spiritually, physically, uh, in intent, in, uh, with, uh, your, your physical capabilities and your, your intelligence. You know, we think of the ability to grow, but height doesn't seem to be an issue here. Height seems to not, not matter as, as far as evolution goes. Um, for these guys and for others, apparently, but for these guys in particular, because these guys don't seem like they're biological or biologically created entities. Uh, they seem like they're naturally evolved entities. According to these reports, they don't seem like the, the greys. Um, they seem like they're, they were kind of sentient and they fought back. The greys sometimes fight back. Sometimes they just run. Um, but these guys are different. I mean, I haven't heard of an alien species that was small and, hairy and three to four feet tall. I haven't heard of that. So this is very unique. So that's, that's my thought process on this. Maybe they came from a a planet that, you know, had heavy gravity and, you know, only allowed them to grow to a certain height. Maybe our, our planet only allows us to grow to a certain height. And there's other alien species that we know of that are like 10 to 14 feet tall. So in my mind, when I always think of like these other species that are like seven feet, ten feet, fourteen feet tall, I think of like million millions of years of evolution. But that doesn't always have to be the case. These little guys apparently are able to fly across, you know, pretty large distances to come to Earth, um, and and fight back with incredible um, physical capabilities. Now, if their planet did have heavy gravity, that would make sense that they would be able to jump. Uh, large distances on our planet that had lighter gravity than theirs, right? So, in the overall sense that these guys are are strong, and and bulky, and small, it kind of goes together, it's, it's kind of congruent there, so um, going back to the article um, when they had, when this alien had a long, shiny tube in its hands, it uh, pointed at both of the guys, they were paralyzed, uh, they saw the brilliant sphere rising out into space. So, both of these guys were freaked out, right? So, um, Jose ran to the traffic office in Pitar, and minutes later Gustavo arrived at the same location after having a drink of water to recover from the ordeal, and both men enthusiastically described their experience to the duty officers. They stated that both men entered their office at 230 Uh, ...with this story and that they were not drunk nor insane... ...although I don't know how you could not be insane after this... ...or at least appear insane after this... Um, ...so they were able to describe uh, the aliens... ...they were able to tell them that they grappled with these hairy... noseless, glowing-eyed, short-statured, barefoot creatures... ...that apparently also wore a strange item of clothing that resembled a loincloth... Uh, they r- reported that they were very agile and very strong for their size and they were able to break away from the grasp, their grasp, leaping like a cat, like I talked about before, right? Like a cat. So, uh, they were taken to the hospital. They were checked out for any injuries. Um, one of them had a fractured rib, uh, muscular distension. Um, so following the incident, uh, both men personally stated that they had that extraordinary experience Um, they were not drunk. Um, they had acknowledged that they had uh, never received any complaints or, you know, no one's ever noticed anything unusual with them. So they were kind of, you know, justifying that they weren't insane, hadn't been insane, weren't drunk, weren't under the influence of drugs, that kind of thing. Now what's interesting is there's other witnesses too. Um, two other people testified having heard and seen, um, this craft, um, around two o'clock. Um, And at the time of the incident, they felt something that was like an explosion, uh, but they paid no mind to it. If you've ever been around uh, an earthquake, um, I have, and uh, it's weird. Like, you know, the one I was around at 2 o'clock in the morning, um, I just heard this distant, like, boom. And then I I heard this rumble getting closer and closer to my house. So it's a very bizarre feeling, so I, I can understand where these people are coming from. So yeah, it's very bizarre, and if you've ever experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know if that's what these UFOs did. I don't know if that's how they you know, took off and it felt like an earthquake in the area, but that's, that's how this witness described it. Uh, another man who lived in Pattar noted that hours before the incident, he saw a strange luminous device that made no noise whatsoever. Uh, and then later he also reported there was an explosion that was heard uh, in that same area. Uh, Another man indicated that um, only three blocks from the site that the witnesses were at stated around 2.30 a.m. when he was heading back home. uh, He noticed a strange bright light flooding his vehicle, causing him to stop for a moment. And he suddenly heard something that was like a sharp whistling sound that was piercing and and unbearable. And he stepped on the pedal and sped away pretty quickly. Uh, Mrs. Juanita Soria... uh, it was his mother, and she said that she heard something too, but she thought it was one of the aircraft uh, purchased by the government that was making a lot of noise in the area. I mean, and the list goes on. There's, an, I mean, there's a few more uh, witnesses here. Another one said that um, they heard a scream of terror um, from a squealing voice in the area at um, the same time, 2 a.m., and then a resident uh, of Los Palos Grandes said that she was in her garden when a very bright light was headed towards Petare And it was a very intense light rising skyward in the shape of a disc, changing color uh, and flaring for a few minutes. And her son also reiterated his mother's statements. Um, it gave them a lot to think about as they report. Um, so this is really interesting because this is not just two guys just saying, hey, this is what happened to us. There's a lot of people in this article that were witnesses and they're, they're named and they they came out and said that this, this did happen. Um, there were also families, entire families that were outside of their home. They thought it was some sort of weapon. Uh, they, they, uh, went to the police. They recorded their statements. Um, and it's just one of these really interesting cases where you have a really bizarre alien subset uh, classification kind of like an Ewok, and then you have tons of witnesses. Uh, and you know this is in a in <laughs> Venezuela, so um, it's in South America. You like to hear these stories because they're they're very uh, they're interesting when they're not in your own country. I like to hear stories that aren't from America, uh, just because you know it just lends itself to the veracity of. This being a worldwide phenomenon and not just an American phenomenon or a UK phenomenon or, you know, a Russian phenomenon, that it's just worldwide. Uh, And it continues to this very day. So I'll leave it at that. There's a lot to unpack in there, a lot to think about. uh, But I wanted to give you guys something to think about for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you guys are doing well and taking care of yourselves. So, um, you know, like I say, you know, just take care of your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health. Take care of your friends and family. Take care of your loved ones during this holiday season and uh, enjoy it. Uh, You know, find your hobbies, find the things that make you happy and continue to do those. Uh, And as always, it's a big universe out there. Feel free to explore it. We should always continue to ask questions until we get the answers that we're looking for. Till next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out.